Hallelujah. We usually keep a theme for the month. However, this month we I decided that we will have a buffet. <laughs> uh, so we will feed on different topics uh, on Sundays. We, we probably will not keep just one theme this month. And I sense that it really would be proper for us to reflect a little bit on vision today, mainly because of celebrating 36 years. And as well as you know that uh, Rema was celebrating 40 years as a church. I was there. I hope some of you were there. It was a privilege to be there. And Pastor Ray celebrated his 70th birthday as well. Wow. That's something. But you know, Vazalana, I must tell you that being at Rayma this week, the services were incredible, out of this world. But also, me being the person I am as a leader, I always look around to see if there's something that I can learn because I'm realizing, Vazalana, life is understood more backwards. You kind of know what you should have done after the facts. And when you look at life backwards, it, it informs you about critical things that you may have not paid attention to, that you should have paid attention to. A survey was made of people who were elderly, some who were on their deathbeds. People were really at the end of their life, basically. And there are several questions that they were asked. And one of the questions that was asked was, if you were to relive your life, what things would you put priority to? Now, you would think that people would say, I should have worked hard to amass money. Money was not number one. Money was not number one. Fame was not at the top. Notoriety was not at the top. At the top was, people said, I should have prepared myself better spiritually. Because as you come to the end of your life, you know, because you are transitioning from the physical world into the spiritual world, you want to be sure about what's going on at the other side of the world? Secondly, family came in second. That I should have spent more time with my family than I did with my job or chasing my career. Thank you for the hearty amens. I received them by faith. Third thing they said was that I would have worried less and I should have just let my head down. Well, I could be rude now. But you, I, I would have let my head down more and let, to be more or less. I would have enjoyed life more and worried less. You only realize that when you only have a few days to live. And so one of the things that I do intentionally is that when I have a chance like this past week to celebrate 40 years, and thankfully, in the ministry that I've been around for almost 37 years, 38 years of my life, and I've watched Rema for 38 years, first thing I wanted to see, how many people that we started with were still around? You can't even count them on two hands. Now, I'm not talking about the congregation, because Luna is the congregation, so... Look at your neighbor and say, Chwada. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but for me, I was, I was looking at people in leadership because I knew many of them personally. 
except for those who have started churches elsewhere and so on, but there's quite a number who were still around, and just a handful were there, <laughs> very few. People that I used to be with side by side, they had a vision to serve, or a certain vision, and, and, and when I was looking, it didn't happen. The one funeral I attended, I won't go into the details of it, it's the same format. A good amount of people at that funeral, it was very small, for one of the leaders, a Christian church leader, many people there that I knew, I knew almost 80% of the senior significant people there. And of the 80%, 90% of those were no longer in the ministry. Then I realized that <laughs> you can start with vision, but for the vision to be fulfilled is something else. Yeah. Yeah. For Pastor Ray to still be leading Rayma 40 years later, that's no small achievement. Now, some of you, you may not appreciate it. You, you may not understand what that means to lead a church and still be there and, and be okay here with all the problems that church people give us and still afford to smile and still preach the gospel and Oskai Kenyanswak, no oil, no grass, you know, no doom. And still be able to have influence and still be anointed and still love Jesus and still not have no scandal. Hey! Yeah. So, as Wendy, I'm telling you, when I, when I was looking at that, I thought, you know what? Let me again remind people about vision. But in particular, how to make your vision come true. Because many of you, you have vision. You are, you are men and women of vision. Oh, I thought later, amen. How about you? I can hear the people in Cape Town, but I can't hear you here. Every one of you has a vision, and your vision doesn't have to be this big earth-shaking vision to save a nation, no matter how small. For me, it's still a vision. And God gives you vision. But the question is, will it come true? That's the question. And if it is to come true, what are the ingredients that I need to have in my life for that vision to come true? The more I realize, realize these updates, you know, and, and, and the more I realize I was doing this, is the more thankful I am. Because, like I said, we sat side by side with people who wrote their vision. Some of them told us how God had appeared to them. And at that stage, 30-something years ago, it was really intimidating because when you didn't have anything to write. But 36 years later, you're not at the same level. And then you ask yourself the question. We were just talking at the back, Liz Andy, and she was just sharing something that really said, Maha, that I've said in the past. In God's kingdom, God is not looking for ability. God's not looking for talent or gifting. I'm telling you, thank you for that half-hearted hand clapping. I think you'll improve with time. I really appreciate it. <laughs> All over the Bible, one of the major criteria God looks for is faithfulness. Yeah, faithfulness. Luke chapter 16, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Jesus says, if you are faithfully little, you'll be made ruler over much. The book of Acts chapter 6, chapter 7, look for, from among you men who are what? Faithful men. When you go into the epistles, it says when you choose elders, you look for what? Faithful, faithful people. Paul says in the book of Corinthians, it's required of stewards for a man to be found faithful, not able, faithful. When God commanded the servant, he didn't say, well done, thou good and able servant. He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I found out if you know how to be faithful, you will outclass all the gifted people around you who are not faithful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you might be a late bloomer. Huh? Your star might not be shining right now. You may not be on the front pages of newspapers. You may not be known. You may not be among the who's who's. But if you stay faithful, when I go higher, the after us come work and the crowd. Explain to your neighbor what I meant by that. The after us come work and the crowd. Yeah. So I'm realizing, Basara, it's the same with vision. If you stay faithful 
to the vision God's given you, things may not change tomorrow. Yeah. You may not be the most eloquent. You may not be the most anointed. I'm telling you, you may not be the most liked. You may not be the most favored. You may not even have many miracles happen. You may not have many coincidences. You may not have people give you stuff. You may not have many prophecies. I haven't had much prophecies over my life. They are scattered. So how prophet This brother over here, and I'm thinking, oh, how did you miss me, Kidutimo? I mean, that anointing. Why doesn't it come on me? I grew up like that, and I think I don't deserve a prophecy. 36 years later, I realized as is a prophet or that made your life. Oh, somebody give the Lord a shout. It's not a prophecy. Yeah. I was actually surprised explosion today. I'm trying to tell you, Basalana, you can have vision and it may not happen. And the big question is why? That's what I want to answer. That's what I want to answer today. Acts chapter 26, verse 19, and I'm reading the contemporary English Bible. Paul says, so King Agrippa, I wasn't disobedient to the heavenly vision. So that's the first thing. Your vision is a heavenly vision. Somebody say heavenly vision. By heavenly vision, I mean it comes from God. All right? Comes from God. So Paul is telling us, he was not disobedient. So when God gives you vision, you need to be obedient. What, what does it mean? You must make sure you follow through with that vision. There are people who don't follow through. I mean, think about the New Year resolutions that some of us wrote at the beginning of the year. Latula <laughs> yanong. It's just somehow people, are, people don't know how to stay with the thing. I don't know why. They start, you know, January, February, Then they come back summer, September. And then December by beaching And then they come back in January. Listen to me. If that's how you live your life, you're not gonna go anywhere. I'm telling you. Some of you you have good plans, you have a vision that comes from God, but you're not a faithful person. You don't follow through. You don't follow through. You start, you stop. Over discouraged. You allow yourself to be. So you, 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 I'm telling you, Basalanga, that's Paul says, I wasn't, he says, I was not unfaithful. He says, you know what? I was obedient to the heavenly vision. Habakkuk says, I read the Amplified Bible, Habakkuk 2, verse 2 and 3, the Lord answered and said to me, write the vision. So we talked about that. Engrave it so plainly upon tablets that everyone who passes by may be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. God says, you know, write your vision, but don't be complicated. Just write it in a plain way that's measurable. Don't say, I have a vision to improve. What do you mean improve? I mean... Just make it plain. Be very specific. And don't be too complicated. I don't know about that now. Just on a personal level, I don't like complicated things. You know, people tell me that your preaching is so simple. I say, thank God. It's simple. After service, I don't want someone to do that. I don't want you to look for revelation. Let it just be clear. If you look at the way Jesus taught, Jesus was very simple. But simple doesn't mean simplistic. Simple doesn't mean shallow. Simple can be profound. Simple can be life-changing. Yeah, you don't have to be so complicated that how do you know about spellbound? dictionary now and then you see? So don't complicate what you want to do. Don't come up with these long 10-page things. You know? All these 
whatever, ear kwale, ear kwale. You know, and people like that. And I get frustrated. If, if you come to me with that, you frustrate me. I just look at you and say, Mar, what's the main thing? Two. Second question, how? Mar, no, I understand you. You must first do a feasibility study. I'm just choking a feasibility study. We must do it. It says, verse 3, the vision is for an appointed time. And it hastens to the end. It will not deceive or disappoint. Though it tarry, wait for it. Somebody say, wait for it. Be patient for your vision. See your vision through. It's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen next week. I'm telling you. And I think we live in a, in a, in a world that is so fast-paced. That is going through so much change at such a speed of light. That the, 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 the discipline of patience is no longer what we are used to. And I understand the world is fast changing. We must change with it. I agree with that. But the reality is that the issue of seeing things through. You can't have a hurried spirit about you and expect to build something of substance in life. But today, unfortunately, the pace of the world is fast. I mean, we find a way to do a lot in a very short space of time. That's fine. That applies in certain things. But when it comes to building certain things, building character, building a church, building, oh, building a family, building a business, build, oh, it's going to take a while. Unless you get a big break, you release a song and then over top artist because you posted it on social media. I can't there's people like that. All of a sudden, Ali Mitsuriki Mankyo, and the, the thing is, unfortunately, when people have achieved success like that, sometimes they can't handle it. Yeah. It's like what we unload. All of a sudden, also to only 100 million. Do you know statistics show in almost a year or two they've blown all the money? Why? I'll tell you why. They didn't cultivate the discipline. See, you, you think having stuff. I was reading a survey recently, and it was shocking. It's not even a Christian thing. You know, we think having stuff is the key to moving forward. But it's been proven again and again that no matter where you are, your life can get better if you can learn the principles. I'm telling you, you may have to work harder than others. As I've said before, that you were born in a poor background is not a foregone conclusion that your life is not going to amount to anything. Oh, I was expecting a better amen from that. I was expecting a better amen from that. And that you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth is not a foregone conclusion that your life is going to be better. It really depends on the disciplines that you build as a person. That you are an anointed preacher is not a foregone conclusion that things are going to work out. There are certain disciplines you've got to build. That you are a talented person. There's a lot of talented soccer players who sit on the grandstands and watch other soccer players play. Because they didn't have the discipline. Now we, I can talk about some of them. But there are some of them. Troublesome soccer players, undisciplined, very skilled. There's one tennis player I'm thinking of right now. I won't quote his name. This guy is such a great player. And it was surprising to hear him two months ago, himself from his own mouth, he said, if I can just be a little bit more disciplined than I am, I know I can be the top player in the world. Out of his own mouth, he says, but I'm not there yet. I'm not prepared to be disciplined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, Uruhakawatu, on court, throws his racket. He's been fined so many times. But you should watch the guy play. He's very talented. Talent alone is not going to take you further in life. Anointing alone is not going to take you further in life. Oh, you, you don't like my sermon, eh? Huh? Huh? There are certain things you need to build in your life. Yeah. And it is those qualities that we need to talk about. God says, you've got to see your vision through. If it tarries, learn to wait. Why? Because it will surely come. God's saying, listen, if I've said it over your life, it will happen. Because remember, God doesn't say anything that's a lie. God is not a man to lie. I said, God is not a man to lie. God is not the son of man to change his mind. When God says it will be. It will be. Yeah. God says if I've given you that vision, it will surely, surely, 
Surely. 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 Oh, surely. Surely. Come to pass. God says, don't worry about my side of the bargain. I'll keep my word. I'm a, I'm a faithful God. I'm a God who never changes. I'm the ancient of days. For me, there's neither shadow of turning. I don't change. I don't, I cannot do moods. I don't wake up on the left side of life. I, I'm always consistent and I keep my word. It, don't, you don't have to worry about me backing you up. What I'm worried about is will you wait for it? That's the one I'm worried about the most. So many people have got visions. But come third month, sixth month, one year, they've walked away from it. Yeah, and then they start another one. So, you know, you go through a life of starting when all the time, when I sing chisamo, seba buid, seba corn. Sing chisamo, sing prayer mo, sing kula mo, in a vision mo. You know, the one thing that inconsistency does is to chip away at your confidence. The worst thing that can ever happen to you is when you say something and your heart talks back to you and says, whatever, you're not going to do it. You tell somebody, So really, the worst enemy to you is not Satan. At that time, it's you, it's you, it's you. So you know, you know, you know, you know when you enroll a course, I'll love it. You know that. You know when you, you know when you get a job, ne? you're not going to be on time. You know I'll go over because of your ill-discipline. You already know. The easier route is to say uloi. That's, 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 uh, that's the escape. Or generational cases. You know, that's the spiritual one. Generational cases. It's, it's, no, but the issue is, what are you? you don't know how to wait. You haven't developed the discipline of waiting. God says, wait for it. says, in the end, it will speak. It will not lie. Can I hear an amen? amen. Vision is a powerful thing, Bazalon. It's the biggest gift God's given to mankind. Helen Keller, who was born blind, was a great educationist and an author said, and I quote, the only thing worse than being born blind is having sight but no vision, end of quote. The only worst thing than being born blind is having sight, but no vision. In fact, Dr. Miles Monroe was very famous for the statement he makes. He says, sometimes the biggest, the biggest obstacle to our vision is our eyes. Because your eyes see what is. But vision is not about what is, it's about what could be. Vision is not about seeing with these natural, physical eyes. Vision is about seeing with your spiritual eyes. Vision means even when all around you is falling apart, even if everything around you is telling you you can't make it, even if everything around you tells me you are condemned to failure, but on the inside of you, you have a vision of what God says about you. You can see what God says about you. And you say about you what God says about you. And you start honoring your life in line with what God says about you. Every Sunday, from that broken home, they are saying things about you. But they don't understand that they are looking at what is surrounding you. They are not looking at the potential of what you can be. Yeah. And so God inscribes vision in our hearts and gives you a picture of a preferable future. So the problem of vision is that life is about here and now. Vision is about there and then. So you live in this tension all the time as a person. You live with the tension of what surrounds you and with the tension of what could be. What surrounds you is all around you, is where you live, the home where you are born, the circumstances you are in, what people are telling you. But what could be is what you hear on your knees as you pray. 
That's what you see in God's word as you read it. It's what gets conceived when you listen to messages like this. You realize it can be done. You realize all things are possible to them that believe. You realize that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You realize that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And you start conceiving vision that even when you come from a broken home, you have a vision to come out of that. Even if your mom was not educated or your dad was not educated, you have a vision that I'm going to go to school. One day, get a graduate. I cannot hear an amen in the house. So our greatest problem and hindrance to vision is our eyes. Because vision really is about seeing with the invisible eye. Or seeing with the eye of your heart. That's why when God works, he works in the heart. He puts vision in the heart. In Mark chapter 4, when the sower sold the word, the word went into the heart. God says if you believe with the heart. God works with the heart. He, he puts belief and faith in the heart. That's why we don't believe with the mind. We don't believe with the eyes. We believe with the heart. Because what the mind tells you and what the eyes tell you might differ with what God tells you in your heart. Thank God that what I see around doesn't have to lock me and define who I am. As long as I can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Jesus says, you can say unto this mountain, be removed. You may be born surrounded by mountains, but my goodness, you can speak to the mountain and say, be removed. And be thou cast into the sin. God gives you vision. Gives you vision in the heart. Therefore, if you have no vision, you have no future. (laughs) In fact... If you have no vision, you'll end up dying today. Not physically. But you die in your ability to dream. You know, it's not a mistake that as children we played so much. Oh, some of you are looking at me like you never played as children. All kinds of games. Children have an incredible mindset. I remember one time I was at a certain mall. And there was this boy who had a suit here, Superman. Yeah, I think the boy must have been about five years old. I mean, this boy was gone. He was Superman. I was praying that he doesn't jump on top of a building and try to fly. But I mean, he was imagining. And, and I remember uh, I read some material. And, uh, you know, some of the psychologists and so on who talk, who talk about the development of the mind of a child and who know this, you, some of you who know these things. And, and this person was explaining the importance of that stage in children's life. That you give them room to dream. You see, it's a, it's a God-given, inborn ability that makes you to be a visionary. You know, I mean, you know, you have a house, you drive an imaginary car. All you need is a driver. An old driver, lower it to you. It's a car. You do all the sounds, you change the gas, you have the road, you're overtaking, stop street. Anybody knows what I'm saying? And all you have is a driver. Credible ability. Because that is supposed to be who you are. God doesn't want you to lose your ability to dream and to have a vision. Because as a child, you may not afford a car. But my goodness, at that stage, you are thinking about what you will have one day. Some of you, you are no more dreaming. Because you've had too many disappointments in life. You've stopped being a visionary. You are afraid to dream again. You are afraid to have vision again. You've cut back on vision. You are playing it safe now. You don't want to be disappointed. And once you stop dreaming, you start dying. Yeah. Yeah. Vision is simply a glimpse of your purpose. Because when God speaks to you, very often what he says about you so contradicts what surrounds you. When he spoke to Moses, 
Moses couldn't believe me. A guy was stammering. Pharaoh, short-tempered guy. Me, talk to him. Children of Israel, come out of there. Me, oh, never. Gideon said, God, me. Look at my background. I'm the last one at home. I'm from the poorest tribe. How do you come to me? You say me? Isaiah, I'm a man of unclean lips. Jeremiah, I'm just a child. Everybody has their own opinion based on what surrounds them. And therefore, it's not unusual, brothers and sisters, that when you go on your knees, you're hearing something. Because what you're hearing doesn't match what surrounds you. <laughs> and you're trying to shake it away. The more you pray, the stronger it gets. The more you pray, it wakes you up in the middle of the night. The more you pray, the, the more it gets infused. Is the more there's power on it. And very soon, you start talking about it. Very soon, you start telling people about it. And you see by the way they look at you. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? You can't help it. When God called me into ministry, as a young pastor, I said, we're going to have our own church. We're going to build a building. Our own building. The people. And they looked at me like, so don't worry when people are looking at you like that. They don't sense what you're sensing in your spirit. They are not there when God wakes you up in the middle of the night. Can I hear a good amen in the house? The day you stop dreaming and having vision is the day you die. So let's go to our point. So I think we'll only cover one. Number one. The first step to making your vision come true is define your vision. What is it that you're seeing? Or what is it that God is whispering in your heart? What is it that you were born to do? Define your vision. Like I said, don't try to go for the earth-shaking you know, global peace type of vision. No, no, no. Your vision might just be fellow of metric. It's still from God. Oh, the mental not short, I know. Your vision might be go higher. You don't like my sermon now, this side. You don't like my sermon on this side. <laughs> it could be that you're from home, nobody goes to church. In fact, I don't know this morning, but we'll visit Mamrut. Yeah. Yeah. None of one pizza root. I didn't. Wait, sometimes I'm high, walk what? You know, I've realized already, no, it's okay. Pizza Murut. At least I have a pizza later. Huh? Yeah. What is it? What is it that God is talking to your heart? Define your vision. Watch this, brother. This is important. Personal vision is simply a God-given perception of what God wants in our lives. All right? Psalms 139, the psalmist said, the New English translation, you carefully observe me, when I travel and when I lie down to rest, you are aware of everything I do. God has you on his side. God has you on his radar screen. And because God has you on his side, he'll keep on, he'll keep on bathing vision in your heart. Therefore, decide to embrace what God wants for your life. But sometimes it's a simple thing. God just wants you to live a holy life. Eh? Huh? Maybe in this service, I'm going to go to He's messing up your life. She's messing up your life. Could just be that. Just a vision to live a holy life. There's a vision to pray more. Vision to go to church regularly. But some of those adjustments, I know, you know, you know, we live in a world where people think those things are small. Those things are not small. What they are crude to over time is unbelievable. You don't get 
to certain levels in life by jumping there. No. It's built one day at a time. You learn to pray long hours, long hours, by learning to pray for 10 minutes regularly every day. Some of you are a little early nicks, but I want to know all night prayer lie. And you can see people pass out to a long rapper, a sabaka, a calabar rapper, a call night prayer. A calacas team. I'm one of the way, and I'm a marathon. I'm a tapelo. They were a son cutting. I get over to the After two hours, I walk on the rubbish. Look at your neighbor and say, Bishop Bogobon. You don't build prayer stamina by pushing to pray for an hour or so practice. You just push to be consistent. Where you can just pray for 30 minutes in tongues, non-stop. Push to an hour. Push to two hours. Push. People who run marathons, they will tell you. In fact, to even run a marathon, you must qualify a half marathon. Yeah. So it might be a small thing. Decide to embrace what God wants for your life. Don't settle for less than what God wants for you. Why? Because if God puts you in your heart, this is important. If God puts it in your heart, this is important. It already suggests that God sees you accomplishing it. That's a good place to say amen there. Let's say it again. If God puts it in your heart, it's a good indication that he means for you to complete it. Yeah. Let me also rephrase. Because, as we heard, Bishop Fred was talking about it. Someone else was talking about it in our conference. They were quoting from the Bible, of course. That God always determines the end from the beginning. So in other words, how God works is he first finishes everything about your life. God already sees you. You have so many businesses, so many chain stores, you know, so many churches. Before you were born, he, 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 he decides all that. And then, then he, he, he goes back to find parents. Who will bring you into the world? So, Baba Nana here, hi, baby, baby, then, we won't go into the graphic details. And then you are born on the first day. According to God, your destiny is already secure. But even before you were born, whilst at conception stage, God puts all the qualities that you're going to need for your journey. He puts that. And, and, and in your path, uh, as you walk, as you go through things, God allows those things to mold you and, and shape you. Even if through the problem, in those problems, he allows the problems to mold you and, and shape you because you're going, you're going to need those disciplines to be able to, to get there. You, you see, on, on God's journey of vision, no, sometimes the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God is taking you there. So, that you were born is already a sign that your destiny has been totally secured. In other words, when you get born, we don't ask God, God, are you going to help me? God says, listen, I've, all, I've already committed. You are already a winner. You already own this. If you can only be faithful, if you can only walk the path of vision, it doesn't matter if it takes you two years or ten years or twenty years. What the devil should have done is to stop you from being born. But I can see, I can say right now, it's too late. It's too late. You're already here. Mama na poluri, poluri. In Philippians 1.6, King James Bible. 
being confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. When God begins, it means it's already finished. has already been secured. All you need is to learn how to walk in the path of that vision. That's all you need. That's all you need. Don't get tired. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Keep walking. Some days are bad. Some days are difficult. You get attacked. You get sick. You fail. You get up. People criticize you. People come. People go. You keep on walking. Sometimes you listen to wrong advice. You lose the way. But God being who he is, he brings you to church. You hear the preaching that takes you back on the way. And you get back on the path. And you start walking again. You start walking again. I'm prophesying. I see somebody get back to where God has placed them. I see somebody get back to where God wants them. Can I hear an amen in the house? Oh yeah. In the contemporary English Bible, that verse reads, I'm sure about this. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job. (laughs) God's going to stay with you. I tell you. And I tell you, Vazalana, this is the, the comfort that one has in knowing that in this great expansive vision God's given us as a church, God will stay with us. There's nothing better than knowing that God is with you. Nothing. People can live. Generations can change. Situations can change. His name is faithful. His name is Alpha and Omega. He knows the beginning. He knows the end of your life. He knows everything in between. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? Let me share something with you that I'm going to share some other time. And I just, it just comes... We are figuring this when ya. Ugutingi sheri she. Lento nani? Amen, Vazalad. You know, after Abraham had been commanded by God to sacrifice Isaac on Mount Moriah, and God had provided a lamb. There's some amazing words that I've just learned recently and I'm listening to this sermon. It moves my heart to the core again and again. That it says, And Abram made a covenant and called on God. The Hebrew says he called on Olam, Olam. The name Olam, Olam. It's very hard to, con- to translate. Many translations translate it as he called on the eternal God. But it's hard to translate because the name Olam Olam talks about a God who's from eternity past to a God who goes into eternity. And Abraham had received a revelation that the one who sent me, the one who found me in the Ur of the Chaldeans, the one who called me raw as I was, is Allah Malam. The eternal God who's faithful. And the reason Abraham is saying that is because he looks back 
He knows that his journey this far hasn't been a perfect one. He remembers a time when he tried to get his wife to be taken by a foreign king. He remembers a time when him and his wife decided that what God had promised is not going to happen. So he decides to sleep with Hagar. He remembers a time when God told him about a child he's going to have. He didn't believe God at all. But here it is. God's just provided a lamp for him. God has just given him a son. And he looks back, he said, you know what, God, if I was to be truthful, I'm not here because I'm a perfect person. I'm here because between you and me, you are the one who's faithful. And the reason I'm here, God, is because you own the days of my life. You saw me when I started that I will fail. You saw me when I started that I will make mistakes. But in spite of that, you chose me anyhow. In spite of that, you came to me anyhow. Oh God, that I'm here today, it's not because of my efforts, but it's because of you. Listen to me, Brother Lord. Some of you, when God speaks to you, you look at yourself and you think, not me. God knows you have those flaws. God knows you have those issues. God knows you have those challenges. But please listen to me. He's a God who's able to keep you. He's able to keep you from falling. He's able to sustain what he started. He's able to make you walk through all the different seasons. He's all um, all um. He's a God who loves you. He'll never let you fall. He's a God who loves you. He will always take you to another step. That even when you fall down, he's going to reach out and help you up. Even when you disappoint him, he will still come back to you and tell you he loves you. He is Olam Olam. When I heard that, I said, my future is safe in the hands of God. Because he's Olam Olam. He knows my weaknesses. He knows my shortfalls. Oh yeah, I'll do my best to live the best that I can. I'll give it my best shot. But I'm also aware of my own limitations as a human being. But it's not who I am that's going to get me to the final destination. It's because he's the one who carries me. He's the one who's faithful. He's the one who's always there. He's faithful. He's faithful. And that is why when people harden their hearts when you call them to God, I wonder why. You've tried with everything to make your life work. It's not working. All the advice that you've been given is not working. You go to bed day in and day out with a broken heart. Tears on your face. Yeah, I know. You don't want your friends to see you cry. I know. You don't want to be truthful about where you are. God sees those tears. Why are you trying to run your life in your strength? Everything you've experimented, it's not working. It's not working. It's not worth it. I want to ask you, will you decide today To say this broken life, I want to give to God. I want to trust God with this life of mine. Maybe you came for the first time. Maybe this is not your first time. But your commitment to Christ is not where it should be. Maybe you've never committed to Christ. Maybe you did commit to Christ and you've walked away from Him. Tell the truth. Life's not working. No use trying to impress your friends. No use trying to impress those around you. You know yourself is falling apart. There's a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven. He's calling you. He says, come. Jesus said it. Come unto me. All you who are heavily laden. He says, I'll give you rest. 
I'll give you rest. Ki u twa livrato Kita di mama di Ki ba na di si Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Do you want to give Jesus a try today? Do you want to give God a chance? Whether you are in this auditorium or you are live streaming wherever you are. Maybe you join us from anywhere in the world. Jesus waits for you. Jesus invites you. Jesus says, "Come. Take the step. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Take the step." If you are here in this auditorium or anywhere else in any other auditorium, If you say please pray for me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to recommit myself to Jesus Christ. Please pray for me. My life is not right before God, but I want to take that step and come to Christ today. Please pray for me. Would you raise your hand if that is you? Just raise your hand right where you are. Raise it high. Let me see it. Don't be afraid. Thank you for those hands. Raise it high. All over the place. I see that hand. God bless you. 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 Raise those hands. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Hands are going up everywhere. You don't need to be afraid that many people are raising their hands. Join them. If you know God is talking to you, raise your hand right now. Because I want to pray for you. Thank you for those hands. May I ask all the people who raised their hands, would you please just stand on your feet right where you are? You raise your hand right where you are. Just stand on your feet. Go ahead. Thank you. 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 You can put your hands down. Just stand on your feet. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. We take this thing seriously. This is about the life change. You may still be sitting down even if you know you should have raised your hand. You can join these people and stand with them. You don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be ashamed. This is about the life change. This is what I want to do to every one of you. I want to pray with every one of you right where I want to pray with every one of you so I'm going to ask you if you could take all your belongings your bible your bag your purse whatever you have with you take it in your hands don't leave it in your on your chair and just come walk to the front come stand here and that we pray together That's right Grace Bible Church that's the way to encourage them come on That's right Grace Bible Church that's what we must do That's what we must do